Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Hey, come on, if my people. It's glad to be back in the house of God after two weeks. Last week, online Sunday is a fantastic week, but can I tell you, I am glad to be here with you today. I'm so glad that you're here joining us today. I don't know what you came in with today, but I believe that God has a word for you to leave with for your situation. I'm happy to be in the house of God today. Who's so pumped to be in the house of God? Hey, come on. Got a fantastic word to bring you today. We're kicking off our collection of talks called If My People. If My People. It's a great question. You have a God that is all-powerful, all-knowing, but he chooses to work through his people. And I feel like God asks that question each and every day. If my people, if Eli Nelson, if Caleb Grants. God asks us each and every day, I believe, if you will, then I will. And we're going to be speaking to, during these next three weeks, we're going to be talking about how to maximize your God-given potential that he's placed on each and every one of you. Potential is kind of a tricky thing because everyone's potential is different, but ultimately you don't know your potential. I don't know my potential and you don't know yours yet, yet. And what I want to be able to express to you today, this is an important series. Don't miss a single week. This week, we're going to be talking about how to to maximize your potential by taking the initiative, by taking initiation. Next week, we're going to be talking about how to maximize your potential by by living a disciplined life, a disciplined life and walking with Christ. And, And then the last week, we'll be talking about perseverance. Perseverance. In order to see your potential fully come to pass, It takes perseverance. It takes initiation, discipline, and perseverance. And I'm gonna be sharing with you guys today, this is gonna be our theme verse. If you have your Bible, lift it up in the air, let me see it. My Bible's on my seat, I brought it to church. Important to bring your Bible. If it's on your phone, that's fine, you can lift it up. Open up your Bible to 2 Chronicles chapter seven. This is gonna be our theme verse over the next three weeks. 2 Chronicles chapter seven. If you don't read your Bible on a regular basis, I would, uh, I would strongly encourage you to do so. It's changed my life. It can change your life. It's okay if you miss a day. It's okay if you miss two days. It's okay if you miss a week. But don't miss today. I got to make all this stuff back. No, you don't. It's the bread of life. And if you're not getting your daily bread, you're living your life malnourished. Get in the Word of God, whether it be a chapter a day, a verse a day. There's some great resources out there. One I love is the YouVersion app. It's the Bible app. You can download it. It gives you a verse a day. Just get in the Word of God each and every day. Watch how God speaks through His Word. If you want to hear what God is speaking, how about you read what He's already said. So read your Bible. Change your life. We're going to open up to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. This is our theme verse for the series. It reads like this. It says, If my people... That's the name of the thing. That's the name of the thing. 
Green Rant, anybody? YouTube, any of that. Let's go back. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. If my people will, then will I. If my people will, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I also want to tie in another verse with this today, and it's Ezekiel chapter 37. If you can turn there, feel free to do so. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1. This is a, a time in, in, in Jerusalem and Israel's life. So that verse that we just spoke about is in context is God is speaking to King Solomon. And basically they just opened up the temple. They dedicated the temple to the Lord. And the Lord appeared and said those words to Solomon, if my people. And what we found is that God's people did not. They did not humble themselves and pray. They did not seek his face. They did not turn from their wicked ways. And what we found is that they kept going a path away from God. And what they turned into metaphorically was a valley of dry bones. And I wanna be able to pick up in Ezekiel chapter 37, God gives the prophet Ezekiel, this is 700 years, several hundred years further on after God spoke, if my people. And the Lord comes to Ezekiel, and this is the vision that Ezekiel has. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. These bones represent the people of Israel. He led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone no. God was seeing potential in something that was dry, that everyone else saw as bones, but God saw potential in it. God saw potential in the dry bones, and he asked one of his people, his people, can these bones live? Can these bones live? And the man's response to Ezekiel was, God, only you know. And God, the next verse, he says, now prophesy to these bones and speak to them. Say, have flesh on them. And so I want to be able to talk to you guys today about this potential that is on each and every one of us. And so if you're taking notes, this would be a great message to take notes on. Write them on your phone. Pull out your phone. Maybe type in some notes uh, that you can refer back to later. But we're going to talk to you about this topic or this hashtag, become what you believe become what you believe. Let's pray this morning. God, I thank you for your word. Your word is true. It is sharper than a double-edged sword. It divides bone and marrow. It speaks to our innermost being. So right now, God, I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us, God. God, you know what we're all coming in here with. You know what we're all going through. And I pray that you would open our ears to hear you, God. Open our eyes to see you, Lord, for who you really are. Any misinterpretations, God, or misconceptions of who you are, God, I pray that those be thwarted in Jesus' name and that we would see you for who you really are this morning. God, help me to preach a thousand messages. I thank you that your word does not return void, but it accomplishes the purpose for which it was sent. And just right now, church, open up your hands and say these words after me. Say, Lord, say it with some conviction. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. Come on, put your hands together for the Word of God this morning.
I hope you're expecting. Who's taking notes today? Let me see it. It's great. You got notepads. I love notepads. I love phones too as well. I like phones because they have this thing called the cloud and I can access it at any time. But I'm also a notepad type guy. So be sure to be taking notes because I feel like God's going to speak to you this morning. I want some participation today. It's important to participate in church because sometimes it's not just me being up here having a, a, a monologue. Sometimes it's a dialogue. And uh, I want some feedback here uh, from the crowd, from the people, God's people. But I have a question for you. Have any of you ever started anything new? I mean, every hand should go up. I mean, you're here because you started something new. I mean, you started putting your clothes on as a little kid. And so you're here. I mean, if you, if you didn't and you showed up here naked, you'd probably get arrested. But you're here because you started something new. You st- I mean, we all learned how to drive. How frightening of an experience was that? Right now, there are 16 and 15-year-olds out on that road, some of them driving 75, 80 miles an hour, and you used to be one of them. But we're all here because we started something new. I love kids. I love my kids because they're full of dreams. Hey, Winston, what do you want to be? Oh, man, I want to be a baseball player. Oh, okay. And a hockey player. And a golfer. Okay, well, all three three of those kind of swing in something, so that's fine. You know, that works. But he wants to do all three of those. I mean, unless you're some people. Some people can be a a Navy SEAL, a Harvard grad, doctor, and an astronaut all at the same time. But he's so full of ambitions. He's full of dreams. He's full of things that he wants to do. And somewhere along the line, he learns to settle. And all of us in our lives have learned to settle to some extent. All of us in our lives have given up on some dreams, some aspirations, some things that God has spoken to us. And I want to be able to speak to you how not to settle for the God potential that is in your life. And what we find is we're talking about Israel. Now, Israel had a whole lot of potential. They had the land flowing with milk and honey, full of all sorts of potential. God was sending them to this land. He was positioning them to influence the world, to be the most prosperous nation, the most influential nations. And what we found along the way that they learned to settle. They forsook what God had given them, and they pursued other things. They forsook what God had actually put right in their lap out of something that was far away that they wanted. They wanted a king. God said, no, let me be your king. They said, but we want to be like them. God said, all right, I'll give you a king. And what I found is that as they started to covet what other nations had, it started to have them drift away from the thing that God had for them. See, they got the blessing, but they forsook the blessor. They got the blessing, but they forsook the blessor. They got their eyes on the things that they had, the things that they wanted, not the giver. See, God's full of all sorts of promises. God has promises for you today. God has promises in your life. God has promises for your marriage. God has promises for your family. God has promises for your provision. His name is Jehovah Jireh. God will provide. God has promises for your joy. 
It's the fruits of the Spirit. God gives you love, joy. If you're lacking joy today, can I tell you, it can be found in Christ. If you're lacking purpose today, can I tell you, it can be found in Christ. If you're lacking peace, can I tell you, it can be found in Christ. Don't be anxious about anything. God gives you peace that surpasses all understanding. But it doesn't make sense, but that's the point. Is that you have peace that surpasses understanding. God has promises for you if you choose it. God has promises for you if you choose it. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. If my people. If my people. I have this, but there's a cause and effect. If you, then I. I could just keep doing and keep giving this stuff, but you're going to forsake the blessing, the blessor, for something different. I have a goal. God has a goal to bless you today. God has promises for you today, but you have to make a choice. And I want to backtrack just a little, or fast forward just a little bit into the promised land, or actually it'd be backtracking. When God, right before God's people went into the promised land, God opened them up with these words in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15. And this is what I talk about, I want to talk about when we're saying, if my people, there's a cause and effect to everything in life. Deuteronomy 30, verse 15, God's saying to his people, his people, he says, see, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will, then you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if, there's that if again, there's that, there's that word again. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you. This is a scary verse right here. I read this as if God's talking to me, that he calls heaven and earth as witnesses. Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us press on against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. See, sometimes it's not always about you. Sometimes it's not always about your life. Sometimes it's about the generation that's following you. Some things that God has asked you to do, sometimes you won't even see it this side of heaven, but you're actually a pioneer, a paver of the way for the people that will come after you. Can I tell you, my city church, we are, we are walking in the fields that were planted many years ago. We are walking in, you're walking in the prayers that were prayed many years ago. Some of you got, man, I don't know how, but I just found Jesus. Can I tell you? It was probably a praying grandma. It was probably a praying dad. It was probably a praying friend. Well, I just don't know. It's just, you know, I found God. You had a whole bunch of people praying for you. Who are you praying for now? So you're here today because someone went before you. Sometimes it's not always about you. Your children may live in that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life. 
And he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is all just, this is, this is where I want to get to today, is that you have a choice. If you want to see God's potential fulfilled in your life, you have a choice. Each and every one of us have a choice. You have the choice to choose death or to choose life. And you know where that road brings you, but we still tend to get on it. I'm guilty of this all the time. But when you have that awakening, you realize, what am I doing? I need to get back on the road that God has for me. It happens all the time where we forsake the things that God has given us to pursue the things of this world. That choosing is a daily choosing that each of us are called to do. See, the devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. But Jesus has come so that you may have life. And not only life, but more abundantly. And so if you don't have life, you have to have Jesus first. You gotta seek Jesus. You will always live your life unfulfilled, without purpose. You'll feel like you're always lacking. Can I tell you, there is a cosmic void within your heart, an eternal void within your heart that cannot be filled with anything but Jesus Christ, but the Spirit of God. So you will always end up unfulfilled. So Jesus came that you may have life and life to the fullest, and the devil wants to destroy you. So you have a choice. If my people will seek me, then you will dot, dot, dot. If my people don't seek me, then you will dot, dot, dot. You're a product of your choices. You are a product of your choices. The decisions that you make today, the decisions that you make tomorrow, you will come, you'll be a product of. Now, I want to be able to share with you this land of Israel. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Numbers chapter 13. And I want to be able to share with you uh, before Israel went into the land of Israel, they sent out some spies. They were just people checking out the land, you know. I'm just going to move to this, go to this city and just kind of see what the houses are like, you know. See if I may be biting off more than I can chew. We're going to go into this neighborhood and just see what kind of houses we can pick. But before they went into Israel, they sent 12 spies into Israel to kind of check out the land. Well, God had asked them to do that. Numbers chapter 13, verse 1, God says, the Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So here God is coming and asking someone to do something. God asks us to do stuff all the time. God is asking Moses, saying, hey, send some leaders. Send some men to explore the land of Canaan. Send, you know, leaders from each and every tribe. Just send some men. Send, just check out the land. See what it's like. And watch what Moses does uh, a few verses later in in verse 17, when Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, go up through the Negev and on into the hill country. Okay, fair enough. He's given directions. Just given directions. Okay, well, where do I go? And for all of our, <laughs> I, I need Google Maps to get anywhere. I need Google Maps to get home sometimes. He's just giving them directions. But watch what he starts to do. He starts to add to the word that God spoke. He starts to, to, to think through and process what God has asked him to do. He starts to justify, well, why did God want me? Maybe he's, why did God want me to go look at this land? Why did God want me to do all this? Well, maybe it's because of all, verse 18. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. Say here, go back real quick. Why does it matter? We already know the land is flowing with milk and honey. God said that. Who cares who live there if they're strong or weak? Few or many, because if God is for us, who can be against us? 
It don't matter. Let's go to the next verse. Verse 19. Moses is still talking. He says, what kind of land do they live in? We already know that. Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? Does it matter? What God asks you to do? Are we talking ourselves out already what God asks us to do by trying to justify what God asks us to do? Well, maybe God wants to do this, so I'm gonna try to add something to the word of God that was spoken. Sometimes God just asks you to do something and your responsibility is just to obey. So he sends them. How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Well, it's flowing with milk and honey, whatever that means. It's very prosperous, a very beautiful, prosperous land. Are there trees on it or not? Why does that matter? <laughs> do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land because he wants to taste it and see if it's something worth inhabiting. And so here Moses is adding to the words of God. God just said, send some men out. Go take a look at the land. And here Moses is, he adds all these words to it. Let's pick up just a little bit further. The men go out into the land. They spy on it and they come back about 40 days later. In verse 27, they gave Moses this account. We went into the land which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's his fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there, giants. We even saw these giant people there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites live in the hill country and the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan and all the other ites you could think of in the lower region, the most feared enemy of all, the cellulites. <laughs> what are you afraid of that you start justifying all these enemies that are before you? And you start to talk yourself out of the word of God. Can I tell you, sometimes in your life, you need people that, that, that challenge you to press on to the thing that God spoke over you, that God spoke in you, that God asked you to do. Even if they have no benefit of it, they're just going to be people that hold you to the word of God that God spoke over you. Yeah, but you don't know. I got all this stuff going on. Yeah, what did God tell you? What did God tell you? We need people like Caleb. Caleb was one of the spies. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses said, y'all shut up. We should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. We should go up because, you know, all that stuff, it doesn't matter because God said it's our land. It doesn't matter. So you all just need to be quiet. What's the first thing Joshua did when they went into the promised land? So you all need to be quiet. I'm tired of this. We're not going to talk ourselves out of God's promise. But here's the reality is how often do we talk ourselves out of God's promise for us? How often do we talk ourselves out of God's potential for us? How often do we talk ourselves out of what God has spoken over us saying, I can't ever do that. You know what? You're right. Let's continue on. Next verse. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites, a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. All the people we saw there are of great size. 
So what is it? Is it a land that devours its inhabitants? Or is it people that are flourishing and are big people? Can I tell you, if you're trying to bulk in here, you can go to the gym all you want. But if you're not eating properly and you're not eating a lot of food, your body can't add muscle. <laughs> all the people with fast metabolisms and metabolisms in here were like, yeah, that's so good. If, if you stop eating, you're gonna wither away. So you got these big people, but the land devours its inhabitants. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from there, the Nephilim. We seem like grasshoppers in their eyes. No, I read that wrong. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. In your life, God has called you to certain areas to take territory. God has called you to the potential that he's placed over you. Do not belittle the power of God in your life by how you look at yourself. Because when you belittle yourself, you spit in the creator, God, that made you. When you belittle yourself, you're spitting in the name of God. Well, I can't do that. God says, who am I in you? What have I called you to do? Did I tell you now you're saying I can't, you can't do it? But I'm with you. But I'm with you. Can I tell you that in this verse, there was 10 spies that spread a bad report, and there were two, Caleb and Joshua, that said, no, we can certainly do it. Can I tell you, both of those groups were right. The 10 that said they can't do it, they died in the wilderness. The two that said they could, ended up going into the promised land. Can I tell you, in your life, you will have things and people that will say things over your life, and whatever you say about your situation, for the most part, will be true. If you feel like you can't do it, guess what? You won't. If you go, oh, I can't do that. Oh, you're right. I love my kids because I was talking to Eva the other day. And I said, Eva, are you smart? And she goes, yeah, I'm smart. Well, except for one of my friends. He's older. He's way smarter. But there's another friend. She's my age, and I'm way smarter than her. And I asked her this question. I said, Eva, why does it matter if you're smarter than so-and-so? Why does it matter? Are you as smart as you can be? Or are you just trying to be as smarter than her? Are you as smart as you can be? Can I tell you, in our lives, we need to stop comparing ourselves to other people. And we gotta start comparing ourselves to who we are. So if we go around and say, you know what? I may not be dumb, but at least I'm not as dumb as this person. But in your life, are you really striving to be the best person that you can be? Are you really striving? You know what? I'm not just trying to compare myself to them. I'm comparing myself to me because I know when I give it all that I got. I know times when I give it my whole heart versus when I'm half-hearted. And can I tell you, the only person that God will not bless is a half-hearted person. We go around in our lives and we compare ourselves to what they're doing, what this person's doing. This is how they're doing it. Well, what about God? What did God tell you? What did God tell you to do? What did God tell you not to do? Yeah, but they, they go to these places and they watch this stuff. Doesn't matter. What did God tell you? What did God speak to you? I'm comparing myself. Well, at least I'm, I've got to be smarter than this person. I've got to be smarter than that. And if they're the measuring bar in my life, I will always succumb to who they are rather than who I was meant to be. So we go around and we compare ourselves to who I see in this world. You know what's a dangerous thing is to compare yourself to someone else. Quit comparing yourself. 
Don't try to be someone else. Be you. They're all taken. You know what? I'm going to compare myself to someone else that's 31. You know who else is 31? Taylor Swift. Ah, that don't make me feel good. (laughs) Who else is 31? Ah, Jennifer Lawrence is 31. Ah, that don't work either. Who can I compare myself to make me feel better about myself? Because what I found is most of the time we compare ourselves to who we see. And if I compare myself to someone else, I will never see who God is in me. What God has called me to do. What God has purposed me to do. So I go around coveting. Well, they got two talents and they got five and I got one. I just got one talent. I can't do anything with one talent. If I had five, then I could. Well, if I had a better family, then I could. If I had a better job. You know what? If I had a better marriage. You know what? If I just had better kids and that they went to bed on time. If I just had a better boss, then, you know, I, maybe, I could, maybe I could work a little bit. I would enjoy my job a little bit more. If I just had better jeans, then maybe I could get that six-pack I wanted. Because we all have potential. But we tend to cop out our potential on somebody else rather than taking responsibility on our own. So he says, stop comparing yourself to the people around you. You already know what you're capable of. Because what you keep saying over yourself, you're right. I'll never be in that kind of shape. You're right. You're right. I'll never be like that. You're right. Was I wrong for thinking I could be something for real? Was I wrong for believing that? I don't think I'm wrong. I think it's something that God spoke over my life. I say this, you know, be yourself. This is something you want to share. Hashtag be real. Be real. Be you. Don't be someone else. They're all taken. And what I found is a person that is real with themselves, that's a person that the Holy Spirit falls upon. That's a, per- that's a person that the Holy Spirit empowers. Well, God, you, you, feel, you did this through all these other people. I want to be like them. I want to be like them. And God say, no, I want to do it through you. You're, insert your name here. I want to do it through you. I want to change the world through you. I want to change this city through you. I want to change your school through you. I want to change your family through you. I want to change your world through you. I want to change it through you. Quit trying to be somebody else. Quit trying to say, I'm going to be like this person. I'm going to be like that. You know why you admire them? It's because they're them. Be you. Be you. Because understand this today, that the people that will change the world will be the people that the world cannot change. The people that will change the world will be people that the world cannot change. It's that word that God spoke over you. It's the word that God spoke over your family. The word word that God, if you let the word dictate, the world dictate what you believe, you will never see God's blessings in your life. Because it's a half-hearted person. I want this. Well, I want God, but I like what they got. Well, I want God if my people. If my people. What is that thing in your life that God has asked you to start, to do? What's that thing? Some of us, you know, we're all different ages in here. And can I tell you, it's not too late to do that thing that God asked you to do. You don't understand, Pastor Eli. I'm 40 now, or I'm 50, or I'm 60, I'm 70. It's not too late. Sometimes it's not even about you. It's about the generation that follows you. 
So what are you asked to do today that God is using to make a way for other people to encounter him? What has God asked you to do? It's not too late. You're still alive. You're still kicking. Your heart's still beating. So when you leave here today, if you're taking notes, just write that down. God, what do you want me to do? Can I tell you that your marriage has potential? You know, if my marriage was better, how about you treated your wife better? If my wife would just, well, how about you? If you would just. Take responsibility for yourself. Take responsibility for your marriage. Well, if I just had Pastor Eli's wife, you can't have my wife. She's taken. You have the wife that you chose. So cultivate her. Water her. Take care of her. So I found if I'm going around and I'm looking for everything else, I forsake what I have. And I'll never be able to see God use what I have if I'm always forsaking it. Your marriage has potential to be the best marriage on this earth. Your family has potential to be the best family on this earth. What is best relative to? It's relative to what God has spoken over it. Not compared, well, I'm just not like Pastor Eli and Pastor Kelly and their family. You're not comparing yourself to us. You're not comparing yourselves to anyone else. You have potential for your family. You have potential for your marriage. You have potential for your work. You have potential for your employment. You have potential for your own pursuit in your relationship with God. And this is what I felt like God was saying. My, if my people is an invitation to initiation, be the first to initiate. I'm not gonna wait on anyone else. I'm gonna initiate. I'm gonna be the first to step into what God has for me. I'm gonna be the first to believe it. God's not asking anything hard of you. He's just asking you to be obedient. Deuteronomy 30, 11 says this. What I am commanding you today, this is right before they went in the promised land, is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. What he was saying is put God first. It's not too difficult for you. It's not beyond your reach. The only reason it's hard right now is because you haven't done it. There's so much in that. You all, we always say to ourselves, man, I'll never be smart. I just gotta be a little bit smarter, a little bit taller. Wish I was a baller. You will never be smart enough to start that business. You will never have enough time. You will never have enough money. So start today. What has God asked you to do? Because if God spoke it to you, it's because he's wanting you to step into it. Well, I'm just gonna wait till the timing's right. Then God's gonna speak a premature word to you. What are you doing right now to prepare yourself for what God has for you? Well, one day when, then I'll be able to. God's saying, I spoke that word so that you can start putting the work in now. Do the work. Do the work. What has God asked you to start that you haven't started yet? Do the work. Start it. The only reason why you haven't, the only reason why you can't do it right now is because you haven't started. Can I tell you, everyone that you see in life started where you were at one point. And they didn't know, at one point they didn't know, but they figured it out. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just start. Get your feet wet. I don't know how to start a nonprofit. Yeah, the people that started theirs probably didn't either, but they did the work. Who knows how to be a parent before they have a kid? I mean, that's the biggest culture shock to your life. 
Well, I've read books. Oh, it ain't nothing like those books you read. You gotta be a, a dad. Because I know the dad I, I wanna be. I'm not gonna compare myself to any other you dads. Because you're not my standard. God's my standard. And I know the type of dad I need to be. And you do too. You know the type of mom you need to be. You need to know the type of child you need to be. God says, if you, then I. There's forgiveness available for you. If you confess your mouth with Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you choose God, there's a restoration if you choose to have the conversation. There's healing if you choose to go through it. There's a potential spouse if you choose to ask her out. Hey, hello. Got a bunch of passive men in here too scared to ask out a girl on a date. You like her? Well, hey, how about you ask her out? Get to know her a little bit better. Maybe she's not the one, maybe she is. You don't know. Well, what if she says no? You don't know. If, a little bit practical in here. If you'd love your wife, you'd have a great marriage. Man, I just feel like it's this, the churches, I just can't connect with anyone. Well, if you'd open up. I just wanna see what God wants to do in my life. Each and we always talk about next class. If you'd go to next class, it's nine at five. If you do what God's asked you to do, and then you do it. Man, look at all those kids without Christmas presents. Someone should do about something about that. Well, we got stuff to truck. Because if my people, if my people will be available for me to use, because I'm going to be the difference that I want to see in the world, I'm going to be about it. I'm not going to talk about it, I'm going to be about it. I'm going to be about it. I'm gonna put my hands where my mouth is. You know how much money you would have if you invested into Amazon back in 2001? If you invested $1,000, you know how much money you'd have? Nothing, because you didn't invest. Because you know what you have by not saying yes, what you already have. Your limitation in life is when you stop. Your limitation, limitation is when you stop. You don't know what God has for you. I don't know what the potential that God has on your life. You don't either. God does. So if God's asking you to do it, better get to it. Better get to it. Understand this today that you're not responsible for the result, but you are responsible for the obedience. What has God asked you to do? We'll go and do that. I wanna share with you this last verse, Hebrews 11, 13. This is talking about the people of faith. He said, sometimes you won't even see it this side of heaven. The seeds that you're sowing today, sometimes it's even about you. Well, it's too late in my life. It's never too late, because you're still alive. He said, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things know that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. 
if my people, their God, if my people are obedient to me, I am not to be ashamed to be called your God. For he has prepared a city for them. God has prepared a city for you. And that city is full of all sorts of palaces and mansions and riches and rewards. And can I tell you, it's not about what you have been given. It's not about what you want. The five talents, the two talents, the one. It's what you have in your hand that God has asked you to sow. It's what you've had in your hand that God has asked you to do. It's what you've had in your hand. It doesn't matter. Quit comparing to the person that has five. Quit comparing to the person that has two. It doesn't matter. What did God ask you to do? What has God put in your hand? You can stand to your feet. I'm gonna leave you with this, I'm over time. Come back next week, this is uh, gonna be a fantastic message for you, but I'm over time, so forgive me for holding you late. Um, but I wanna share you with this story. Anyone ever heard of training fleas? Fleas, you know, like the things that bite animals? You get a hundred of them and you put them in a jar. These things can jump up to three feet, this high off the ground, this little tiny thing. But you put it in a jar with a cap on it. And after three days, you take those fleas out and you put them on the ground and they won't jump any higher than the cap was on that jar. If there were fleas that were born within that jar, they will not jump any higher than with that jar. So you can dump them out, you can put them on the table and they will only jump as high as that lid was. Can I tell you, if you complete, continue to compare yourself to other people's cap, you will never live to the full potential to what God has called you to do. Don't compare yourself, but initiate to what God has called you to do. Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.